Washington from KTBS 3 and we welcome you to Education Checkup. We look forward to sharing the positives and the challenges of our local schools. We will talk with education leaders, teachers, and community leaders, letting our community know what is happening and talking about ideas to share between schools in our community. We will have new episodes every Monday and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me introduce my co-host, Dr. Philip Roseman. Now we have a very special guest, someone who is very passionate about education and has done a lot of work in the community. So it's our pleasure to have her here today. She, is, she has, she really has been a, a part of this community and, and the schools for a number of years. She's had over 25 years as the head of the, of the school group and teachers group. And uh, um, Jackie, I've got to tell you one of the things that I admire you about, and I know you probably took a lot of heat on, was your insistence of wanting teachers to be in the classroom as soon as possible when we were in the pandemic. And I think that that made a huge positive things on lots of children, lots of teachers. And I applaud you for that because not everybody was doing that. Not every teacher leader was doing that. And you were. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so I, I just want to thank you for that before we get started. You know, I, I know when we talked and you talked about some of the things that you like to share, you talked about public education. You have a passion for public education, obviously, to do what you've done for so many years. Can you tell me about, you know, the history of public education in our in our country and then how public education is still important today? Well, you look at it, you know, before there was public education, what was there? You know, if you were if you were going to be educated at all, Thomas. sorry, y'all, can I just blow this up? Uh, I'm sorry. I think we can edit. Just, I'm uh, sorry. I thought I had it off. Okay, well, we can well, yeah, keep. I just keep. Once you get it situated, I have solid mode on. I'm sorry, y'all. That's all. Oh, it, we'll talk about it later. Okay. So just keep talking. Okay. I think that we should be able to. You think you'll be edited? Okay. Yeah. Let, 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 let me, they, do you want her to start over? Can you just take my something. phone? Huh? Take my phone. Sure. I'll get it. Then is, I'll, is we that won't fine? have to. Can you edit it? Can she keep talking? Yeah, or? We can edit it. Uh, we can okay. pick it up with. Or do you uh, want to start? What do you want to do? Question. Okay. And, uh, I can start right what you said and then uh, I'll just say. Okay. Do you want me to do the question again or do you want to just her start? So look, we can do the cut from. Your question, and then we talk about it. All right. Okay. okay. So you're going to ask the question okay. again about uh, the pandemic and getting back to the classroom. Not, I mean, not that far. Do we have to? Can I just start it where I ask the question about mm -hmm. public education? Yes. That's yeah. Fine. Okay. okay. Yeah. I don't. I'm very sorry, sorry y'all. Yeah. I really <laughs> had them silent. Oh, that's okay. And you can do us a three, two, one count. Okay. I'll I'll just count them down, and then you'll go. Three, two, one. You know, you talked to me a little bit about, uh, in your narrative about public education, how important it was to our country, how important it is in the past, and how important it is today. Uh, and you've been in it a long time. Tell us a little bit why you feel so passionate about public education. Well, let's talk about public education. Before we had public education, who was educated? Well, first of all, if you had parents that were literate, possibly could teach you, you know, with whatever literature they had at home, typically the Bible, or you maybe you could go to church and be taught, or if you had money, you could go away from, to boarding school. But most everybody else, inclusive of people like myself, would just be left out. out. And so that's why when we had public education, in, in this 
state. We didn't really have it in place until after the Civil War. So it's huge. So when you look, what is public education? What does it do? Well, it's, you know, it's, it's hugely important to the community. It's a regenerator of the community. If you go into any town and you, it looks awful, it's usually because the public education system has been vacated. So that's a big thing. It, you know, it allows children to come together. It's a great equalizer. You know, it allows children to come together, to work, to play, to learn together, to learn how to, to work together in a society. And then it, you know, it goes beyond that. It allows children to go beyond that and to, to be able to be successful. Public education is the producer of the American dream. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in the, um, I don't know if people really understand how important it is in terms of just let's take economic development in the community like you talked about the community you come in and see what do you see what's a, a successful community um, and people who move here for businesses and other places are looking at the education system and saying do do we have a good education system for the for the people that we hire uh, it's a huge difference and it's an opportunity like you said uh, for children uh, mm -hmm. it's an opportunity it is the American dream I, for me it was the American dream mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it for me too you know so uh, you know I think that's that's why public education is so important I think that's why both of us you know have a real passion absolutely for public education I've known that about you a long time yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed um, do you notice any difference um, Let's go back 20 years and, and now, okay? What is the difference in the teaching profession? What are, what are some things that have changed through this time period, good or bad, okay? Yeah. Well, Dr. Roseman, I had an opportunity to meet with some new teachers yesterday, and I just wanted to ask them because I knew that I was going to be speaking to you, and I, and I just really wanted to see because I wanted to know if what they thought about teaching was different than what I thought about teaching. And you know what? It wasn't. You know, why do they want to be a teacher? Well, they love children. They they love their subject. You know, they think that they are more relevant. They they had a teacher that inspired them at some point, and they wanted to give back to the community. You know, they want to be a part of shaping a child's future. So that that part has not changed. Okay. That but what has changed are the rigors and the and expectations. The school system, the public school system, is very family-centric. And when we take it away from that and we put it in a, a different model, then you, you start to see people that say, well, you know, I'm not getting to do what I wanted to do. I'm not getting to, you know, to, to share that love with those kids and to vote on the way and to, get, and to do the things for their future that I wanted to do. And they're going, you know what, and pay is a piece of it. But it's not. It's just simply them saying, you're not paying me enough to do what you're asking me to do. I'm not getting to be the person that I wanted to be in this classroom. So I'm making a different choice. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the quality of life issues of teaching. You know, and I, I know I've heard that. I sit and listen to what teachers have to say about their work. A lot of it has to be with, you know, the bureaucracy of the work. Uh, the testing to the work, the um, uh, feeling like you can't, like you say, teach the way you want to teach. Mm -hmm. um, uh, all those things seem to have a huge impact. Are there, are there any, is there anything we can do 
to put us on the right path. I think you have to return to the family centric. You know, you, you know, when you have an employee and you know why they're there, you let them do what they why they came, mm -hmm. and we and we have to find ways to let them do that. We have to listen. It's, it can't be a corporate model. You know, it can't be a rope model. It has to be a real model, a, a family model, a compassionate and empathetic model. And if we if we can return to that, and you know, and Many times I just say, like you, you mentioned at the beginning about the fact that we came back into the schools during the pandemic. That was not my decision. Yeah. I took that to the teachers and the school employees and asked them what they wanted to do. And they responded wholeheartedly they wanted to be there. So when you ask them, you typically get a very good response. I think we quit asking. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, so when, you were talk, when you talk to teachers, they... they they want to become teachers. They choose that profession because of these issues of loving children, wanting to teach. Mm -hmm. It's a passion. It's a almost like a missionary mm -hmm. type of zeal uh, to do that. Uh, that's 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 what drives people. Absolutely. It, and we just got to return to that, you know. And we can do that. We have to come back together and talk about how how do we do this and listen to people when the people are telling us. Yes, we have to have academic rigor. We know that. We have to have disciplinary codes of conduct. We know that. But those things can be accomplished in a different model. The other thing we got in some of our conversations mm -hmm. with other teachers in is the behavioral aspects of the students, especially after after the pandemic. It's, it's been tough. It really has. And, you know, one of the things that grieved me the most when we started seeing the fights and stuff like that, it suddenly became very apparent to me how important we were, how important public education were, because we, we created the structure. We created the, 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 the safe space for you to live within. When we were not there, when the schools were closed, well, what happened? You know, they, many children found another place, another haven, and it wasn't a very good productive month. And so we saw that come back into our schools. Now, should we have expected it? Probably, but we didn't. We thought, oh, here we are, let's go back to work. And we were very, very surprised when we came back and saw a lot of discord that came back out of the community into our schools. Let me add, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say nothing could have prepared us for, you know, the pandemic no. and everything that we went through. So I think a lot of us were just caught off guard and, you know, reacting <laughs> rather and so we, were. we saw that with families with students coming back to the schools and so we're all just trying to fill our way around and I think that it's just going to take a while to get back into the flow I think it will I think it will but I think it what it emphasized to me was how important we were how important that that structure that 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 brick and mortar yeah. was was to boys and girls mm -hmm. and, and it, that teacher that the the yeah. other adult yes uh, other yeah. than their mother and father absolutely you know? absolutely so to me it became abundantly apparent that we that the children were had really suffered when they couldn't get into those buildings you know we uh, we've heard a lot about social emotional learning and mm -hmm. that has a lot of different people could think of it different ways but it's about the whole child right okay? Um, what do you, what's your thoughts about that and how we can how we can really make that work? It seems to me that's something that is sorely needed and and something that we've got to figure out a way to do. I think we have to come together and define what we think it is. Okay. I think we politicized it 
too much. And it, it, we were just talking, Troy and I were just talking About earlier. Teaching empathy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and compassion and forgiveness and being nice, being kind, those kind of things. The, you know, and there are so many teachable moments if you're allowed to teach them, that would be so important to boys and girls to understand that, you know, you, you may come from a background that's different than that person's background. Have empathy for that person. You know, reach out, be nice to that person. In fact, that's one of the things that we're working on is coming up with a kindness award you know, that we would present to every, you know, once a month to students in the district that have demonstrated something, just a way to emphasize how important, just be nice. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's... Um it's kind of like the old day, my old days of, of character education, we exactly. used to call it, but it's not that anymore. And that, what, uh, maybe we need to call it that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let, me, um, let's, let me ask you, you talked a little bit about the different places that you had to work in order to advance the idea of, of improving schools and greater t and teachers and trying to, to, to be an advocate for teachers. Uh, what what can let me just divide it down into different areas. So what can local school districts do, okay, um, to promote the, the occupation of teacher, to attract people to, uh, to the teaching profession? Uh, what can we do from the local school? Well, they're already there. They just not, they're just not in your schools. You know, we have tons of teachers that are working all over this parish, but not in our schools. So we have to make it we have to make it attractive for them to come back. And part of what, as we started with this whole conversation, is the family centric. You know, recognizing the true value of what that person brings, allowing them to do what what God gave them to do. And if we could do those kinds of things and go back and you know, it just it's a trickle down thing. You know, you get something from the state that comes to the district, that comes to the school, then comes to the teacher, and you finally just want to go throw up your hands and say, you know, no, I'm not doing this, you know. So let's go back to the state, to the, you know, to the district, and let's talk about how we carve out, you know, the, the, the common decency of what I came here to do, you know. So I think there's that. How do we bring them back in that? Again, remembering their value, you know, of, of, of the, their compassion, their, their integrity, their, you know, their earnest love for what they're doing. Let's play on that. And I don't mean playing a bad word. I mean, you know, that's what, let's emphasize that and recognize the importance of, recognize the value that person brings. Not, not everybody does that. You know that as well as I do. But most people do or they wouldn't do it. And let's, I, I truly believe that if we can restore that, people will come back into our schools and teach. Right. Well, how about take it the next step? Go up the ladder to the uh, Louisiana Department of Education and the Bessie Board. What can we do at that level, you think, that can promote teaching and could be advocacy for well, teaching? You know, you know, ask. You know, they. You know, it's like you know, you have a, this. You know, silo that you know where nobody gets in to talk to you. You know, ask what the real thing that's going on to a classroom. You know, and, and, and that's the kind of thing. I, you know, I can't believe that. You know, it, and of course, I know the Department of Education. You know, I know Kate Brumley. I know he's a fine educator. Re return to what made him want to do. That's the question he needs to ask himself. That's the question the Bessie Board needs to ask himself. What would make you want to do this job?
You know, don't pile another layer of things for me to do. You tell me what would make you want to come be and do this job. And I, and I think you go a long way in restoring the, the education educators back into our classrooms. So put yourself in Absolutely. somebody else's moccasins. As, yeah, some of the things I've just recently <laughs> heard from there, I'm just, I'm staggered, you know, you know, because quite frankly, not every child's going to go to college. But we're, we're imposing all these restrictions with the purpose of sending kids into a college-based curriculum. Well, that's, whatever happened to the honor of laying somebody's floor? You know, well, thankfully, uh, on uh, this podcast, we've had a lot of people on kind of talking about all the different opportunities out there. We've talked with them about, yes, there's college, but also there are trade schools. And um, you can kind of refresh. We had another episode that kind of talked about. But but I, I, right on your path, because you've always been an advocate for that step, mm -hmm. okay? That not everybody's going to go to college, and that is true. In fact, probably less than 50%. No. Right? Absolutely, one so, in four. Yeah. So, uh, so what's the other pathways of connecting school to career? Do you have any? There's some. Oh, there's some good models out there, and I would love for you to partner with me on that one because I know of some good models out there that we can bring. In fact, I'm getting ready, hopefully, to write a grant on that. But you know, I do think there's some that we could use that would be. Yeah, you know, we've taken everything out of the school of anything that we had any trade value at all to it. We have one little place, you know, Bozier has a place, Cattle has a place. I think DeSoto does a little bit better with it, and Red River does a little bit better with it. But we just, like, we, like, we don't believe that a child should learn something that could make them a living, you know, that everybody has to go to college. Well, what could our state policymakers do? Our our legislators, our governor. Well, uh, yeah, well, Dr. Rosman, first of all, our DOE needs to understand that not everybody needs to be, you shouldn't be insisting on people taking that career path, that there are other career paths that are strictly very honorable, and that you, know, from, uh, you go from work to job. There's tons of those out there that we need to be talking about that and building those, those pathways into our curriculums. You know, and we need to start you know, include, looking at models that, yes, I want you to have the academic basis, basis that you need. I need you to add, subtract, multiply, divide, fractions and decimals and percentages. I need you to, because you can't go into a store and, and be, even buy something without knowing all those kinds of stuff. But, you know, I don't think you have to have all the higher level math and sciences and you could take some of that stuff up and gear people toward a career path. And I think it's out there. I think a lot of other states are doing that. And I, and I think we find a greater degree of success. I don't know why we have suddenly just hyper-focused on this idea. We send people to college and they get tremendous student loan debt, you know, that burdens them to have to come, you know, to be in the classroom because they get, and we work constantly trying to find methods to, to ameliorate that. But, you know, why are we doing that? Why? Yeah. It's just not productive. Let's, again, it goes back to what, let's be real. Let's be plain. Let's be understanding of what, what our, you know, what our community is and what they need. And focusing on each individual child. Yeah, absolutely, Troy. Absolutely. Yeah, each individual, finds, you know, we are not all successful on the same path. Yeah, he's a cardiologist and a very fine one. But not how many people are cardi cardiologists? In, in, not many. Not many. 
Not many. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, and you think about that. So let's look at all the. I always tell people I do the news. I don't do uh, heart surgery. Well, I, thank yeah. God. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, but, that you, but, but there's someone who can. <laughs> that, exactly. But what, you know, but, you know, that's the path he chose. Right. We're, nobody chose it for you. And we're choosing it for children. Let's see what children want. You know, and we we have plenty of things out there. I worry very much about this city, Shreveport, and the middle class in it. We have got to focus on the restoration of the middle class in this, and we do it, I believe, through public education. On another podcast, we talked about a test that actually helps. They partner with employers to identify possible employees that might have skill sets that align with their company. Absolutely. So I think that we do see efforts like that that are coming into play. But we need to allow teachers to be able to meet the student where they are and what interests you. And are you interested in college? Well, have you thought about welding? Have you thought about HVAC? Or I'm not just saying that those are the only options. No, absolutely. But those are options that people don't consider that you can make a really good living doing the plumbing. I mean, mm-hmm. my gosh, plumbers. <laughs> well, you want to talk about a professional? That's a professional. <laughs> yeah. That profe- the cost, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They, they, they'll tell you, they will tell, you, they will tell you when they can come and how much it will cost if it's on the weekend. Oh, my. <laughs> and make sure that we make sure that students realize that because you do this, this doesn't make you better than the next person. Absolutely. It takes a fully functioning society to keep it going, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. We need doctors. We need teachers. We need people to do the news. We need everyone, and that's how we all work together. But one is not better than the other, but it just depends what works for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Troy, we need to invite people back into our schools, people from all walks of life back into our schools. And because, just like you said, there are people that are willing to partner. I mean, we just have to provide that avenue. Well, you know, we, we've recently done a podcast with Dad's Own Duty. Yeah. And I think that's that, that very concept is that what can happen if you have people in the community involved in your school, mm-hmm. truly involved in your school, it's positive. Uh, it is. You know, Invite them in. They care. Yeah. You know, I always tell teachers, you know, it, it, it's like the three-legged stool. It's you, the parent, and the child. And, it, you know, you communicate that you love their child because parents love their children beyond compare. Right. Absolutely. Ms. Lance, this has been fantastic. You know, I mean, I really appreciate your perspective. I just want to uh, think about um, uh, one thought as we go. I think you made the point uh, in, in your correspondence with us and your communication with us about the importance of the great teachers on individual kids. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have reached that point in time where we recognize there are certain teachers that were great. Absolutely. Uh, I can name them. Can you? Yes. Miss Harden in the fourth grade. Yes. Miss Guess in the in the chemistry yeah. thing. And for you? Miss Copeland, yeah, in English language arts, yeah, and Miss and Miss Legrone, a, a huge history person. She you know, she ended up teaching literature, but there was nothing you you could not find out about Pinella County that Miss Legrone did not know. So I guess oh, go ahead. I, we got fourth grade especially. <laughs> and what did she inspire you? She told me actually on my report card that she thought I would be a great writer one day. And really? Ah. Oh. Yeah, she said that she thought that I had a future in journalism. And then you'd live with teachers too, right? She helped me get my first poem published. 
I was top 10 in Texas. And I've looked back at my work in fourth grade. It wasn't that impressive. I don't know how she saw between any of those lines and saw But potential. she saw that. That's what you want to be as a teacher. You want to see that greatness in it. You want to see the potential. And you bring it out. Absolutely. That's so your job. That is and, the and, thing. I think good left. teachers, they can see, I need to nurture this, mm -hmm. in right. this child mm -hmm. because there is greatness there. And it might be rough around the edges. It is. But I'm going to help bring it out of this That's person. exactly right. And who knows where that will take them. You know. So the last thing I'd like to know, really, is we're in the midst of this teacher workage shortage, and we talked a lot about that today. But if you were the czar mm -hmm. and you were the king, mm -hmm. okay, uh, what what would we do to deal with our teacher workage shortage? Well, I, I, I said I don't think it's a shortage. I think they're out there. Okay. I, I just don't think they're teaching. Okay. And I, and you know, and we have to talk about why they're not teaching. They're not teaching because you're not allowing them to do the thing that they love to do. And, for, and the same for kiddos. You know, we're we're taking them into schools and we start testing them the very first day, the first week of school. You know, school should be more than that. So let's you know talk about does it, do we need to revert back to you know the one? No, I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that some reforms are not good. But I'm I'm, I'm saying that none of us should get so entrenched on any heel that we're not willing to say, let's look at this again and see how we could do this to make this better. You know, why are people choosing not to go to our schools? Why are parents choosing not to put their kids? Why are they homeschooling? Why? Let's ask, you know, what is it they, that, what are their concerns? You know, what is a private school did it better than a public school or a charter school did it better? Why? You know, let's talk about those things and let's be honest with one another, you know? And those teachers that are, you know, working in all kinds, all, you just name it, you know, I know one right now, I know well that's working for international paper. You know, why did that person choose to, to, to leave the teaching profession was a very good teacher but chose to do that? Why? Yeah. I think we need to discuss I bumped into you at a school board mm -hmm. meeting and they were discussing something that does embrace the full employee. It does. And we're talking about this shortage, but it comes down to making sure that people who work for you feel that you are supportive of them and their families. Right. And we kind of talked about the passing of support, maternal, paternal leave, as well as adoptive leave. Right. And that's something that's that's huge. People don't realize they like, do not. People have babies and uh, families. You know Man, they. It's hard. Yeah, and they those kids come to Cattleberry schools. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it, it's a it's a circle. And so when you feel like they're showing that they're very family friendly and they're showing um, that to their employees mm -hmm. that they have their backs, and I think that that's a part. Of getting those teachers and people back on board as well, yeah. I, I think that plays it, it a really role. is. When you have a school secretary, a school secretary is not like any other secretary in any other industry. You know, do you know a secretary that makes sure you take your meds, that gives you Kleenex, kind of like a school nurse, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that calls your mom for you. You know, that that sympathizes with you, fusses at you a little bit. Those are people that love children. And those are your school secretaries. Same thing with the people that are your custodian. That, that take pride in the school looking pristine for the boys and girls that come there. You know, you, the cafeteria uh, staff that loves to see the, little, the boys and girls come through there and hopefully feeding them a lunch that they enjoy being fed. You know, those are the kinds of things because, again, public education is family-centric. And when we recognize it and try and, and 
turned away from trying to make it be like something very regimented, which I don't think it should be, you know, then you start to return that whole idea. I am so proud of the Cattle Perry School Board and the Cattle Administration for doing that. They will be the only district I know of in this state that will have done that. They're going to set the pathway for other districts across the state to do, to do what they have done. When I say it's huge, it's huge. That's fantastic. Listen, we have learned a lot, mm -hmm. and I just want to thank you for all your years of advocacy for for children and first, you, and you which too. you've done, and teachers, and support personnel, and all those involved in the school. You know, the things you've done have been important for the future of our community, and so I'm thankful. I think everyone should be thankful, okay, of the work that you've done. And we thank you for spending some time with us Absolutely. and letting us really understand the needs, which is build a family environment for these teachers. That's really it, Dr. Rosen. Get Rosie. back to what they want. They, what they, they wanted. What, what they the, wanted to came. Why they became <laughs> teachers. Why they became a teacher in the first and place. And what kids want. What kids want. Yeah. Please love me. That's what they want you to do. Please yeah. love me. Love yeah. me like I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we really enjoyed you. Thank, thank you. you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> well, we will have new episodes every Monday, and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts.